Hello and welcome to today's episode of The Enthusiast and Co. Now I know it's a bit like The Boy Who Cries Wolf when The Enthusiast keeps telling you things she's enthusiastic about, but at least I curate my experiences. And today's was a curated experience of divine enthusiastic perfection, if I do say so myself, because my guest is the incredible Tamu Thomas who runs Live360. Tamu is a transformational somatic coach, she's an inspirational speaker, writer, and she calls herself Dr Joy, which... I can't think of anything more apt, to be quite honest with you. I absolutely adored today's chat and I felt it so deep within my bones, within every single cell of my being. Um, And I really, really hope you love it too. Enjoy. Hello, Tamu. Hi, Ellie. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. I, mean, I was about to say thank you so much for having me just in life. <laughs> thank you for holding my hand through life, Tammy, because it's a joy. Um, thank you so much for coming on. How how the hell are you? I am. I'm good. I feel currently I'm feeling very, very grounded after a period of what I thought was uh, turbulence. Um, mm. I'm feeling really grounded, feeling really connected and really like buzzy, like there's a constant buzzing feeling beneath my skin. And it feels quite sexy. I'm very available for it. Oh, I oh I love that. I've just got a I've just got goosebumps just hearing that. <laughs> um and I think it's I think everyone has already got the measure of you by the fact that you paused after the answer, after the question, how are you? Because most people just go, Yeah, I'm fine, but you, as a lady who is super in tune with how she feels in her own body, you took the time to assess in the moment how you felt and gave me such an honest and uh vibrant answer. So thank you so so much for that. Yes, um very welcome. Could you please let people know um, what what your work is and, and what you do just so they can kind of become acclimatised with you if they're not already and if they're not, they're missing out? Well, guys, you're going to get to know. Thank you so much, Ellie. <laughs> uh, my name is Tammy Thomas. I am a transformational and somatic coach. My work is centred around the human experience uh, because I think we neglect that very often in favour of focusing on being productive and performing in the way we believe we are being expected to perform. And um, my background is social work. Um, I absolutely love positive psychology. I am enthralled by new, uh, neuroscience. I absolutely, absolutely love the language of the body and I believe that joy is one of the best states of being for us to be able to grow into the fullness of ourselves and feel safe in our bodies, feel safe feeling our feelings and once you start feeling joy it opens up the door for all the other feelings even the types of feelings and sensations we shy away from and we are able to resource ourselves and tend to those sticky um at times traumatic um fear-based feelings um from a place of joy and nurturing and love which enables us to own our shizzle rather than turn our back on it and have it leaking all over our lives. Um, I really love this approach because it really enables us to be really powerful 
whether there's a real emotional storm taking place or we're in the midst of emotional bliss. Oh, that this and this is one of many reasons why I adore you and your work, because I think that focus on joy as, you know, not just a state of mind and not just an emotion, but a full body experience that not only is positive, or, I mean, it is positive, but also has connotations and unlocks you know, it's it's equal force mm-hmm. on the more negative side, which overall all, you know, comes together for a holistic experience and really sets us up for life. I think that is such a refreshing way of of approaching joy. And it just it makes sense. You know, I don't think many people people probably think that's how they think about joy until they really hear it spelled out and then they're like, Oh right, that's unlocked some deep shit. Now I understand. <laughs> Absolutely. And for me it's really important to give that context really important for us to almost feel the texture of what we're talking about because we are so um in terms of emotional language and it's understanding our emotions you know years ago we were living very practical lives we were doing so many things with our bodies and our hands now we have more time on our hands than we've ever had before to be able to contemplate and i think that it is really important that we are using the most appropriate language to describe and speak to our experience. Um, It's not just semantics. It's very, very important. And in terms of linguistically being able to comprehend our our life experience, we're like toddlers. So it's really important for us to be clear about the language we're using and why we're using it in a similar way to when Um, babies and small children are learning how to speak we teach them how to use words in the right context we teach them um, how to pronounce words in the way that we do in the country we're in Um, so I think we need to be like that with ourselves about emotional language Um, and to be very clear I talk about joy rather than happiness because happiness is wonderful, but it's momentary. Um, And I say this often, there's a clue in the name, happiness, something has to happen. Whereas (laughs) for me and the brand of joy I teach and use within my coaching is that it is a way of being. And I got this, um, when I become obsessed about a word, I check out the word in the dictionary and I was really underwhelmed by the dictionary um, definitions of the word joy. And I stumbled across a, a website called Theopedia, which is a bit like a biblical encyclopedia. And uh-huh. its um, description of joy is that joy is a state of mind and an orientation of the heart. It's a settled state of confidence, contentment and hope. Now, I don't know about y'all, but you can be in the depths of grief and still feel the joy sitting right beside the grief. To be happy, and we um, have um, internalized a very Hollywood sugar-coated version of what happiness is, you cannot be that that kind of happy whilst you're mm. feeling pain. But um, in in the words of Frankie Beverly in his song with Maze, joy and pain like sunshine and rain. It's, it's, they go hand in hand. I think you are my own personal theopedia. (laughs) Every emotion, every single emotion, I feel the gamut of them. I'm like, what would Tamu say? Um, Yeah, I absolutely adore 
that and I think it's funny actually because I was just thinking I should go on Theopedia for enthusiasm because um, enthusiasm like the, the stem of the word etymologically is uh, being overtaken by religious fervor um, that's where it comes from originally so oh I love yeah, like so, fervor is one of my words. I think we all need to live more fervently because if we're living with fervor, which is living with passion, we're actually allowing ourselves to feel instead of neutralizing and sterilizing ourselves all the time because feelings get in the way of being productive. Actually, feelings really underpin and they take us from productivity to passionate. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, if I could sing, I'd be raining hallelujahs and amens on you, but I can't <laughs> sing. So I'm just going to say them in my dulcet northern tones. Amen, tell me. Hallelujah. Um, exactly. Um, so thank you so much for that incredible um, explanation. I think that lends itself really nicely to the first question um, I ask all of my guests on this podcast, which is what are you enthusiastic about at work? At work, I am enthusiastic um, so uh, in my membership group, I say no, no half assing. We whole ass around here. I'm enthusiastic about people bringing their whole ass to the table because we are so used to compartmentalizing ourselves and we put on, th- this is the um, outfit we wear for work. This is the outfit we, work, we wear when we're with our friends. Whilst I'm not saying that we can be our purest selves everywhere, that's not safe. That's not realistic. What I would like people to do, support people to do is figure out who they are and take elements of themselves as appropriate to everywhere they're going. So they are not being exhausted by playing silly roles that do not align with who they really are here, there and yonder. And people get worried. What will people think of me? Somebody's going to hate me if I say no or whatever the case may be. And I say, whilst it is very challenging, whilst it does make us feel like we're on a roller coaster, ultimately I say good. Because if you are around, if you keep putting yourself around people that you have to perform around, you are never going to get a measure of yourself and you're never going to get a measure of who is really for you because you're just tap dancing around when really you're a, I don't know, break dancer. Yes. Um, and when you say kind of bringing your full self, I know one of your um, the, the kind of branch of coaching that you work in is somatic. Could you explain a bit about somatic coaching? Because I've never heard of it before I followed you. And now I am heavily full bodily, no pun intended, invested in somatic <laughs> um, because it just, yeah, the soma just makes so much sense. So, oh, my God, another pun. Look at me firing them off. I know. Um, like, I'm, I'm here for it. I love a bit of a metaphor. <laughs> I love all this stuff that you're doing. Um, just firing off all the mic drop moments um, available. (laughs) So the somatic coaching, we are so far removed from our innate way of being. I liken it to we live life like uh, in a way where it's like we're we're living life wearing shoes that are half a size too small. When you're in the shop and you try that shoes on, that shoe on and and your foot is right at the front, right at the back. There's not really any room, but you're standing still. You think, oh, it'll be okay. And then we'll say things like, oh, I can break them in. But if you wear the shoe that fits you properly, you can run, you can walk, you can skip, you can jump, you can do lots of different things. So with the somatic coaching, you're learning, like I describe it as a beautiful invitation to befriend yourself. 
you are learning who you are, who your natural rhythms are, what works best for you, where your limitations show up, what makes you contract, what makes you expand. And you start to learn how to use your own innate gifts, your bodily sensations as guidance, and not just as guidance. We talk about things like, I hear people talk about things like, busting through limiting beliefs, overcoming limiting beliefs, etc. When you're doing that, what you're doing is abandoning a part of yourself that at some point in time probably served you really well. And what happens is we adapt so that we can cope with, deal with, manage, survive a situation. And then we no longer need that adaptation, but it's become a habit. So it's become something that's maladaptive, like a, a minus adaption. The best thing we can do for ourselves is actually look for areas in which we are thriving within ourselves and use that to nourish the area that has now become a limitation. When you do that, you're able to see clearly what lies below that limitation so that you can nourish and tend to that. Most of the things that come up as a limiting belief or a limiting story or those sorts of things, it comes from your body's really sophisticated way of trying to um, protect you. We, we, we live in our bodies. We don't live in our minds. Our mind is a part of our body. And our body is, um, has a highway, high-speed ticket to the most reptilian part, the most primitive part of our brain. And it communicates with that all the time. And all it does is work out, is this safe? Is this unsafe? Is this safe? Is this unsafe? Anything that is unknown, for example, growth, is deemed to be unsafe. So your body and your unconscious mind don't even allow that to get to your conscious mind. They shut it down. When you start to tend to the parts of yourself that want to shut things down because they feel unsafe, you start to settle them. You start to help them to feel safe. So you feel safer inside your body, your central nervous system calms down and your brain starts to work in tandem with your gut and your heart rather than your body being used as a taxi for your brain and your brain being some kind of oppressive tool trying to force you to do all of these things that you should do, even if it's fully against everything your body is saying is safe and expansive and nourishing for you to do. I think that that makes so much sense when you when you just mentioned limiting beliefs, for example. Um, and I don't want to reduce this to just being kind to yourself, because I think that's another kind of um, quickly trotted out quote that has kind of been bastardized a lot on social media um, in certain aspects. But I think that especially with the limiting belief thing, you know, because we're told so much about that, we need to overcome these limiting beliefs, etc. You do start to see them as the enemy, whereas exactly as you say, kind of. And giving yourself a permission slip is another thing that's kind of been, you know, is used a lot nowadays. But I think giving yourself that space of true understanding and saying, like, no, I've got you. Like, this is where this came from. But we're, we're, we're growing. We move and we're going to move together and give ourselves a foundation to be, um, you know, to go, go even bigger and even better now that it's safe to do so. I think that's such a powerful unlocking tool rather than you know kind of a base level limited belief attack where it's just like well I was stupid for thinking that and I just need to aim higher and it's like no that's not that's not what it is <laughs> exactly that and and positive your positive think your way out of it all of that is really reductive it just it, it, it um, encourages us to abandon it's like a lot of those things a lot of those limitations a lot of those are you know inner child kind of things and when mm. we say 
I'm just going to be positive. I'm just going to, um, I'm going to overcome that limiting belief. I'm going to leave that behind me. What you're doing in essence is leaving your inner child in the playground waiting to be picked up. It's seeing all the other mums and dads, all the other big versions of them, other people coming to pick them up, taking ownership. Meanwhile, your inner child is just standing in the playground lonely. So then it starts kicking things. Then it starts throwing things. Then it starts thinking about smashing a window. Then it starts thinking about screaming really loud until it gets attention. Usually these things that we're saying is our, our limitations that we need to get over is something that needs our attention. So we can either give it the attention or we can buy courses and books and crystals and all these things that I absolutely love to get over them. Or we can work with who we are and use these other tools as enhancements. When you use these tools as enhancements, you start to get to a place where you can take it or leave it. A lot of what I'm seeing in the um, coaching space, in the personal development world, is very transactional. I do this, I get that. I do this, I get that. I be this, I'll look like this, I'll get that. Actually, if you're doing things because you are, and I know this word is a bit spiky for people, but if you are doing things because you are entitled as a human being to be this way, clue in the name, human being, if you are allowing yourself to be, then you are able to do so that you can have, be, do, have principle or whatever it's called. But we want to do things, we just want to be really transactional. It's like everything, you know, my uncle used to say to me, uh, you know, Tamu, People are obsessed with two and two equaling four, but so does three plus one and so does five minus one. So there are many ways for us to be able to get to a different destination, to to various destinations. But it's about how you're getting there, how you're supporting yourself to get there. If you are treating your personal development and your self-care like a um, workflow system, it's not really personal development. It's not really self-care. You're just literally papering over cracks so that you can get to the next thing on the to-do list. Yes. Yes. Um, oh, my God, yes. Shout out to your uncle. Shout out to you. Do you, have people, do, you, do you regularly have people cry when they listen to you? Because I feel like I'm on the verge of tears and they're obviously joyful, but I just feel so galvanized by everything you do I said this before we came on live I was like hi Tamu I love you Uh, it's true um oh just amazing yes thank you you know what it is I I what I'm witnessing is that our bodies remember our minds maybe don't know but our bodies remember and we become swept up in emotion because our bodies are like finally finally I'm being given I'm being given space I'm being given she's looking at me yeah she's feeling me she's not dulling me down so that she can get this last paragraph done or do this sales page or do this five to ten k run or whatever it's called so I can tell people I've done it she's actually listening to me just at me next time Tamu god okay yes I've done the 5k runs I'm shouting about it (laughs) um 
which leads me very nicely onto the next question, which is what are you enthusiastic about um, at play? And just for uh, new listeners, just um, I have a personally very thorny relationship, which I am working on uh, with the word hobbies, because uh, I was your classic overachieving child who had absolutely no hobbies whatsoever. Um, And so instead at play kind of for me means more like what would be deemed just kind of extracurricular activities. Um, So what are you enthusiastic about at play at the minute? Well, speaking of running, I've literally just last week downloaded the Couch to 5K app. And um, gosh, there's, there, there's just so much, so much, you know, I can create meaning out of anything, but there's, I'm just having <laughs> like downloads upon downloads whilst I'm doing that Couch to 5K. So that feels really, really playful for me. But in terms of like unadulterated play, like this is playtime, roller skating. Yes roller skating roller skating roller skating I'm not a great roller skater um just before COVID-19 hit um I was going to sign up and do some roller skating lessons because I really want to have some roller skating skills but roller skating is such oh gosh it's so playful it's so light I literally lose all sense of what's going on around me I just enter into a flow state where I'm at one with the roller skates and what is in my eye line. And I feel like um, I used to uh, look after my nephew every Friday and he would be playing in the water and sandpit thing. And this was like at the beginning of potty training. He would be so infused that he would hold on to his wee too long and wet himself and get really upset. And I thought, oh my goodness, like I know that one because you're so lost in what you're doing everything else you just don't want it to happen right now I'm really enjoying this moment and for me roller skating oh it's the ultimate play there is something just and I I think I don't even think it's like childlike well it is childlike I think but even more than that it's not just connecting with like a childlike wonder it's just connecting with an innate earthly wonder isn't it because as you say it's the it's the whole like streamlined just cruising whole element to it is mm-hmm. i mean i can't roller skate for shit i just point out um like i think i stood on one once and then panicked and fell off and have vowed never to get back on one but the i appreciate the image <laughs> i appreciate the meaning you, behind there's it there's something in high achievers and skating there was something so you you talked about being uh, about hobbies and being um, a high achieving child mm. high achieving people children they tend to be people that need to be in control yes And the skating is like, I am not in control here. I've got to flow. What's flow? Um, Yeah, just thought I would just share that observation. That is, I mean, very, very true. I also, that's probably, yeah, I mean, that is very true. I mean, roller, which one's, so roller skating, I think I feel slightly better about the rollerblading because blades is when they're in a line and and skates is when they're, like, skates is like a mini car on your foot. Oh my gosh, I love that. It's like riding on two little minis. It is, which is joyful. You yes. Know. So I would love to be able to, but maybe that can be my twenty twenty, my you know, next six months of twenty twenty resolution. Maybe I can attempt some roller skates. I tell well, you, well, we don't all have to roller skate. Do you know what else I found? Um, but I think I I was a bit too big for my boots to start off with, so I got frustrated, and then my brother and his other half took it. Puzzles. Mm-hmm. Puzzles are great because when you yes. get really into it, you don't realize how long you spent trying to put these puzzles together and such a beautiful sense of satisfaction when you've done it all. But something else, 
oh, my heart just fluttered a little bit as I thought about it. <laughs> when you actually pull that thing apart. Yes. It's a bit like a mandala or mandala, how do you pronounce it? It's, yeah, you've just done it for the fun of it. There was no purpose. You just did it for the fun. And, sorry, now I'm on a roll, childlike keep wonder. It coming, keep it coming. I love this yeah. earthly wonder. Who said that wonder and awe is just for children? I think we yes. do ourselves a huge disservice when we talk about things that are not what we deem to be serious as for children. Like even serious, there's nowhere that said being serious means we need to be boring. I think half of the melee we experience as adults, particularly as you're edging towards your 40s and your mid-years, is that we're bored. Yes. We have serious all the joy and fun and wonder out of life. And also because we're adults, because, you know, we're these big human beings and our feet aren't growing anymore and all of that kind of caper. It's like we believe we need to know everything. We cannot be proper adults if we don't know it all. Yes. When you yes. think you know it all, you're, you just might as well kick the bucket. That's the end. <laughs> <laughs> Learning is, that is fun. That's, that's the end game, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I am. I'm so glad you brought up kind of the um, the, the kind of being an adult and feeling like you have to know it all element to it because um, one element of your work that I find really really interesting is that you um, not exclusively but primarily work with women kind of around forty plus, don't mm-hmm. you? Which um, I thought was a really interesting thing I'd love to talk about because um, I am slightly younger than that, obviously. Um, but I think there is a lot of stick and it's it's basically what you've already said I think there's a lot of stigma about um people of a certain age but particularly women of a certain age being enthusiastic or taking up a new hobby for the first time because I think it's often you know deemed by society at large as embarrassing or pathetic or childish mm-hmm. um and I think actually you know not that there's ever a, a time that's more relevant than any other to pick up a new hobby or to start something just for yourself but I really think it's in, it's great that there are you know people championing that because as you as you've just said why shouldn't you what what they, what is there to say no to exactly and people will talk about things kind of in terms of oh it, it's a midlife crisis and I say actually it's more like a midlife remembering it's you actually remembering the very simple things that we have or seemingly simple things that we have access to all the time but we give up because we're being serious, because we're being mature and all of these other things, when actually these are the things that bring aliveness. These are the things that let us know that we are living, that we are alive. Live, alive, life is a verb, but we treat it like Mm. it's a noun. Yes. Yeah, we treat it as if it's passive, don't we? Yeah, and I just think in the UK, something like the average age of mortality for women in the UK is something like 82 years and nine months or something along those lines. If I'm in the second half of my life, it's damn sure going to be a great one. Your 20s <laughs> yes. is for discovery and conforming. Your 30s is for more conforming. When you get to your 40s, all of those experiences that you've had, nothing is wasted. All of that edges you towards a place where you're like, do you know what? All of that acting and dancing around, I just need to be me. But because it's so counterintuitive, because it's the opposite to the way we are conditioned by society, it is really difficult to do and it can feel really unsafe to be who you are. 
And yeah. when you enter into your 40s, before you know what's what, you're in your mid-40s, you're edging towards perimenopause. And this period of life, it's like a second puberty that nobody tells you about, and you are not prepared for it. So I think if you can prepare for it, if you look at um, the um, happiness graph of life, you see that it starts to dip as women approach their mid-40s, and 50 is a really low point, and I think it starts to increase again as people get into their late 50s or something like that. Why? I don't think that there's a need for it to be like that if you can help it, if you're prepared to do the work, and if you're prepared to experience some um, discomfort. I think that being in your mid-years is just in such a beautiful place in life. You are somebody, we talk about influencers, we have influencers on social media. I think that mid-years, like 40s plus people, are the influencers of society. More often than not, we're of a place of decent social standing within our society. We are young enough to know about young things in inverted commas and we're old enough to be taken seriously by those older than us we are in a really beautiful position to have a really great um, impact and influence on people but it starts with us I'm not into the whole individualism thing where we try to combat or rise above systemic issues as an individual but if you as an individual knows that there are things that you can do all day, every day that help you to feel grounded. You're going to share that with the people around you. You're going to have an influence on the people around you and it will create a a ripple effect. I think that the vast majority of things that we experience in this life, we wouldn't experience if people felt safe and grounded. And I just think that there's a huge opportunity for us to do that for ourselves and in turn others um, as we reach this phase of life. And I'm, I'm really passionate about sharing this with as many women as I possibly can, um, as wide as I possibly can. Yes, and I absolutely adore that. May I very quickly read something? Yes, please. So Brene Brown says, Midlife is when the universe gently places her hands upon your shoulders, pulls you close and whispers in your ear, I'm not screwing around. All of this pretending and performing... Those coping mechanisms that you've developed to protect yourself from feeling inadequate and getting hurt has to go. Your armour is preventing you from growing into your gifts. I understand that you needed these protections when you were small. I understand that you believed your armour could help you secure all of the things you needed to feel worthy and lovable. But you're still searching and you're more lost than ever. Time is growing short. There are unexplored adventures ahead of you. You can't live the rest of your life worried about what other people think. You were born worthy of love and belonging. Courage and daring are coursing through your veins. You were made to live and love with your whole heart. It's time to show up and be seen. That is our calling as we head into midlife. I love that. You and Brené is a perfect combination. Can I just Listen, Brené Brown's my auntie. She just doesn't know it. She's a social <laughs> worker. I'm a social worker. As far as I'm concerned, she's my long lost, my long lost auntie. Yeah, I think it's the power couple 2020 needs, to be honest with you. So I'm, I'm rooting for that one as well. Um, and finally, so I think that leads again really nicely onto the last question, which is what are you enthusiastic about in life more generally? So that's kind of like, you know, life's purpose, the reason you get up every day and um, that kind of thing. 
Oh gosh, it's gonna sound and and I love the fact that you brought up it's gonna sound cliche because I think cliches sound cliche until they're unfolding within your life. Um, I am in terms of life as a whole. I am super passionate about helping people be who they're supposed to be in all their messy splendor. Um, I am really, I get such a high. I feel so nourished and resourced when I'm able to help somebody go from being stuck into flow, forgiving themselves and forgiving those around them. It just creates such a feeling, such a sense of freedom like I literally believe that's what I was born to do. And I will caveat that with saying it means that I need to provide myself with a high level of care, tenderness, decadently looking after myself, being gentle and then being gentle some more because it does take up a lot of my life energy. But I'm, I'm super passionate about holding space for people to be who they are as big as they're supposed to be and knowing that they can handle it like that just turns me on oh, I um I was listening to I've been binging on your podcast and all the podcast you've guested on as well um and I think it might have been um when you were speaking to Nova on conversations with Nova Reed mm-hmm. um a month ago um and you mentioned that you um your goal I think you also said it to, to Nathan the somatic coach you speak to as well um about how your intention is to to live life romantically like you want to feel oh like yeah that too yeah like yeah. so I've, I've moved on so the, the whole romance romantic life thing is new to me that is something that I discovered via my somatic coach training because I just thought wow like I'm able to it's going to sound so bizarre because of how we um, are conditioned. Grief. My aunt died very suddenly in January. Um, and starting the somatic coaching course, I was really able to hold space for that grief. And it felt so nourishing. It felt so nourishing to feel every corner of that grief and not be tiptoeing around it, but actually owning it and playing with it and loving it. And I just had this, I was like, oh my goodness, like this feels romantic. Now, romance isn't easy all the time. And I just thought to myself, if grief can feel romantic, what else could feel romantic? And I thought, that's it. I I want my life to feel romantic. And now, uh, three, four months on, I'm at a point where my, my life is romantic. And I say, if it doesn't feel romantic, I don't want it. Business, friendship, love, experiences, if it doesn't feel romantic, if I do not feel vibrating, pulsating, effervescence, 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 whatever, within my body, I don't want it. Life's too short. I want to be turned on by the stuff I do. When we're really excited, when we're really passionate about things, blood pumps through our bodies faster and our hearts get engorged. That's a heart hard on. I want to live life. (laughs) I love this so much. With a heart hard on as much as I possibly can. And, you know, I'll say it again. This doesn't mean that I want things to be easy. I want to lay down in bed all day just hoping that things happen and they knock at the door. I want to be out there living life. I want to be in here living life. But I want to do that in a way that feels good. 
and I love that you're I love that you're embodying that with your every being like throughout this podcast you've described stuff as turning you on you described it as sexy you've described yourself as buzzing and vibrating and I just feel like it's so it's it's so apparent to me that that is now the that like the, that's the language you're using about the life you're living Ooh. and I absolutely just I'm so thrilled to hear that it's it's happening it's happening for you like I absolutely love it thank you Ellie love I feel that um so oh so thank you so so much for coming on um I feel like I've had basically a religious experience (laughs) I think I now subscribe to the church of Tamu and the church of Tamu only um could you please let people know um if they um want to find more about your your work and follow you and stuff where whereabouts can they find you on the internet and find your incredible words and work um internet um two places really are the best places to find me um my friendship bench otherwise known as instagram i am there as at live 360 that's l-i-v-e-t-h-r-e-e-s-i-x-t-y and uh, my website is live 360.com um and again that's alpha um, rather than numeric and yeah what i'm up to what i'm doing what i'm thinking about what i'm using um is all in those two places really um i would also Actually, whilst we're at it, on my website, I would highly recommend that you sign up for my mailing list. Um, my mailing list, I'm a bit like um, that Ja Rule and Ashanti song. I'm not always there when you call, but I'm always on time. Otherwise known as you <laughs> might not get a letter from me every single week, but when you get one, it's going to be a good one. And um, when you sign up, you will be sent uh, my everyday joy prescription that I uh, compiled in my capacity as Dr. Joy, where I am sharing things that can help your life feel joyful without it being like a to-do list. I'm helping you do things that you ordinarily do um, with joy and mindfulness and, and a bit of finesse, babes. Well, I mean, I'm here for it. I'm here for finesse. I'm all about the finesse. So <laughs> thank you so much for that. Thank um, you for it's having been me. an absolute no pun intended absolute joy to have you and just thank you so so much thank you ellie thank you so much well thank you very much for listening to that episode of the enthusiast and co this is the bit where i tell you where you can find me um i am on instagram at theenthusiast.co on facebook forward slash enthusiast co and on twitter at eleanor kime uh, k-i-m-e my website is theenthusiast.co if you're looking for my merch any more resources or my blog um, and you can sign up to my email newsletter there as well thank you so much for listening speak to you next time